Hello everyone and welcome to my podcast. This is Sophia and uh, I want to talk to you a little bit about food choices. Um, I was approached, I believe a few months back, by someone who asked me for diet tips or things that I could recommend as far as food and eating and all that. Uh, So let's go. Um, I compiled this list as a result of that conversation. And this list pretty much um, encompasses a lot of things that I practice and have practiced over the years. You know, I don't believe in dieting. Um, I have, not that I haven't dieted in the past, I have, but it really didn't stick. You know, I found that, you know, I yo-yoed like most people do. And there were so many different diet fads. Oh my gosh, I just got, you know, so turned off from the, and just opted out of that diet conversation. So I just, you know, made it a point to just do my own research and search for what's best for me and what works best for me. And I'd like to share it with you. So the first item on the list is sugar. Uh, I want to kind of go through the list quickly so that, um, well, in an effort to avoid the scientific explanations, I don't want to overwhelm me with that. I'll try to keep it as simple as possible. But my advice to you regarding sugar is to avoid it like the plague for the mere reason or the fact is is that it ages you. The uh, telltale signs are usually the first is the compromise in skin. Uh, you're going to see wrinkles and age spots. Um, it's always advisable to, of course, read the label on anything you're going to consume. You know, especially um, look at the sugar content. And I believe we're allowed um, nine grams of sugar per meal. Ideally, I think we shouldn't exceed, what, like 21 grams a day. But anyway, um, if you pick up an item that you want to ingest or a liquid item and it's got nine grams of sugar, um, me personally, I would probably drink half and then save the other half for later or just share it with somebody if I'm with another person, you know. Um, There is um, a process that occurs. You, You don't only... Um, arrive at um, diabetes from taking in sugar. That's only a part of the equation. Um, You should know that um, carbs break down, carbs and starches, but more so carbs, breaks down into simple sugars, which the body uses, and that sugar is called glucose. So when the um, sugar levels in the body rise at a ridiculous level, um, there is a, I'm not sure if it's an enzyme or if it's something that occurs and the acronym is called AGES. I don't, con- I don't quite remember what it is, but it's that byproduct of sugar consumption that causes um, the aging or the com- that compromises the integrity of the skin. Okay, moving right along. Um, If you need to drink anything, 
and that requires sugar, the best thing to reach for is a plant-based sugar. And the only plant-based sugar that I know that's on the market is uh, stevia. <clears throat> and stevia, I believe that the, the company called Sweetleaf, they make the best, um, or they have the best version of stevia that's presently on the market. It is a little pricey, but it's worth it. The other item is, um, I, it's called agave in the raw. Um, I don't use the sugar, it's just the agave. And um, it's, was high, it came highly recommended by Dr. CB. He's not an official doctor. He was given that title by a lot of the people who he shared his information with. He did a, quite a bit of research on um, alkaline-based foods. He was quite an enthusiast where that was concerned and believed wholeheartedly that an alkaline-based diet um, extends longevity and reduces aging and disease. <laughs> well, disease thereby reducing um, aging. And it's true. It is so true. Um, he recommends the um, agave in the raw. And I recommend it for two reasons, because it does not increase the glycemic index and when it breaks down in the body, it, um, it's more alkaline. It breaks down on the more alkaline side versus acidic. Acid or an acidic environment in the body is bad. It's not good. <clears throat> if um, you need to drink something after a meal, I recommend that it be hot like hot tea or coffee at best. It's always best, never anything cold. And for this reason, whatever it was that the food was prepared with, whether it's butter, rich butter, creams, um, oils, <clears throat> when you drink um, cold items, it causes the oils or the oils in, from the butter or margarine to solidify or harden, okay? And that um, hardened uh, oil or those hardened oils, what have you, will attach themselves to your colon as well as your arteries or your vessels over a period of time, which is not good. I'm sure you've heard of plaque. That's where it comes from, okay? so. It's never a good idea to have anything cold. Besides, the body, the human body, really works hard at cooling whatever it is that you're drinking that's cold. And the more work that your body is, or that you're requiring your body to do to cool the food or the drink, it, it's, it's working, it's causing work to happen. You know, you might not see it, but it's ongoing. So um, the more work it has to do over a period of time, it's going to cause you or the body to age or not do the work as well as it did when you were younger. I hope that makes sense. Um, the next talking point. Um, I recommend... Um, 
within two hours of waking up or less. You shouldn't be up for two hours and not have drank a glass of water. It's crucial to get everything going. It's good for skeletal muscle contraction. It helps lubricate your joints. The benefits are endless, but um, yeah, drink a glass of water upon rising. Um, drink a glass, of, I recommend drinking a gla uh, glass of water before each meal. And for this reason, the water intake gently wakes up the body and prepares it for the food that will follow. It's, an also, it's also a clever trick to make sure that you don't overeat. Hello. Um, uh, that's the next talking point. Um, it's also good to have water before you go to bed at night and before you shower. I remember reading a, a research article that says most heart attacks or heart um, coronary events um, happen on a Sunday night or early Monday morning, I guess because of the stress of the week ahead. I don't know, but um, there's they said in this study that it is a good idea if you drink, if you do not even drink water for any other time or any other night of the week, the best time to have water before you go to bed is that Sunday night. And it's for that reason, to offset um, any uh, a potential coronary event. Okay? The next talking point. I myself have survived or pretty much I live on just consuming one meal a day and it is a heavy meal I wouldn't say heavy but it's a good meal um I usually eat between the hours of 12 and 6 um the Ayurvedics and the food gurus believe that the best time to consume solid foods is when the sun is at its highest or brightest because um, we're reflections of the creator and our bodies work in tandem or in sync with the sun in that during those specific times, our gastrointestinal system is on fire. So it will absorb and metabolize your food best during that time. That's why they recommend that your largest meal, scientists anyway, and I've read in medical journals that it's best to have your biggest meals earlier in the day. And I think the reasons are twofold. For the same reason that um, your gastrointestinal system is on fire, it's able to metabolize as well as, which is just a fancy word for breaking down the food and being able to absorb it maximally you know so it's um, useful for your body as well as the second component would be you know you're up and you're moving around for the most part during the middle of the day and you're gonna work off the meal that you consume the you know during that time during the course of the day to offset any potential weight gain or indigestion or what other ills or might go on, but um, that's the thought process behind it. 
Um, again, I practice, I don't have heavy meals after 6.30. As a, as a matter of fact, I shut it down. I don't eat past 6.30 in the evening, okay? But if you need to, I'm recommending that water is always best to consume any time of the day. And I do water, of course, throughout the day. Um, I start essentially my day with uh, fruit. If I'm having the fruit whole, then I'll have it with some form of wheat or grain, maybe some grape nuts, which is has barley. I think barley is the main ingredient. Or I might blend it. If I choose to blend the fruit, I'll put some water in it or coconut water, whatever I can find. Or even throw in some kale, chia seeds, nuts. And I blend that up and I drink it. And that's usually what I start with after the water, of course. And that is pretty much a meal replacement in and of itself. It's jam-packed with a bunch of nutrients. As you know, um, fruit has its own sugar. <clears throat> it's known as fructose. So um, that could potentially cause a rise in your blood sugar. So it's good to offset that with um, the chia seeds by adding the chia seeds, the barley or nuts um, to the mix. That's going to help level things off to prevent any and keep everything neutral in there to offset any rise in the um, glycemic, glycemic index or your blood sugar. Okay. Um, I never practice to eat fruit after a meal. It's not good for your system. Your system actually hates it. It's best if you're going to consume fruit at all. It should be done on an empty stomach. Okay? Before a meal. All right? Um, and for the reason being that fruit has enzymes as well, too. And if you have a meal, a full course meal, and then put fruit on top of it, those enzymes that will come from, that the fruit generates, will cause the food that you just consumed to rot. If you don't believe me, just try it. And then if you pass gas, um, notice the quality or the scent, the smell of the gas that you pass. I'm not going to say anything more, but um, try not to do it. Pay attention to your body. It's, it talks to you constantly with everything that you eat. Um, I always recommend... Um, moving right along, I always recommend gravitating to colorful foods, fruits as well as vegetables because they are high in antioxidants. Um, like the orange, what is it, yams or sweet potatoes, they're high in beta carotenes. And you need that. The body needs that. Why? Because, like I said, everything you take in, every time you eat, your body is working behind the scenes to break down the food, absorb the food. There's a process that caused, that's called oxidation in the body as well as reduction. And that entire process causes um, byproducts, harmful byproducts to be released as a result of that digestion. And those byproducts are not always eliminated by, well, in your urine or stool. Okay, so it's important 
<clears throat> you make to make good food choices. You know, again, um, keep it whole. Um, I just learned um, recently that black beans are hybrid foods. <laughs> it really broke my heart because I really love black beans. But um, yeah, when I say hybrid foods, I mean that they're man-made. Uh, there's so many other hybrid products out there. It's mind-blowing. Also, corn, which I don't consume much of. as uh, Broccoli as well is a hybrid food. Our body or the human body functions and works optimally or at its best when it takes in whole foods. You could go online and look up hybrid foods versus non-hybrid foods. Whole foods are non-hybrid, meaning that they're not cloned by man. Anything that's cloned or put together by man, you really can't expect to have or to take advantage of the you know, the highest level of um, nutritional um, benefit from it. Okay, and I think everybody knows by now that most white foods are bad for you because they are cured or processed to look that way. So stay away from processed foods, foods that contain nitrates, foods that are pasteurized, which most dairy products are um, pasteurized. They undergo this pasteurization process. Just the name alone sounds like a process. <laughs> um, so you want to stay away from that. You know, it's not good for you. Um, nitrates have a really high, to me, they have like a real high salt base or cured kind of salty taste. And those foods are like in the um, lunch meats like turkey, bologna, all those meats, they're full of nitrates. Uh, turkey bacon, bacon period, um, sausages that are packaged, they're full of nitrates. And the nitrates are used, it's a preservative to give um, those items that I just mentioned the longer shelf life, which is not good for you or your health. Okay, the best uh, milk alter alternatives are 100% um, coconut milk or the almond beverage. They're better uh, choices if you have to have milk. I believe that we're the only species that continues to use milk after lactation. No other animal species does that. So you got to ask yourself, habits. Um... The other talking point is no wheat grass, no chlorophyll products. Humans don't digest grass. We don't do that. Um, cows do. Um, look at the size that cows get. Keep in mind. And they don't, they're not carnivorous. They're not meat eaters. They eat what? Grass. So it's possible for humans, and I believe that's what we were wired to consume, uh, is a plant-based diet. We're not supposed to be consuming milk or eating the carcass of other animals, whether it's cows, goats, bison, um, venison, all of that. It's not what the creator intended. But anyway, moving right along, um, no goji berries either or seeds from tomatoes. They're harmful to the body. They contain lectins. The spelling on that is L-E-C-T-I-N-S. Lectins causes endothelial 
damage or dysfunction. Endothelial tissue is in the stomach and in the colon. What they'll do is literally lodge themselves in the um, lining of the colon and literally burn a hole in it over a period of time. So try to avoid um, that like the plague as well too. Also soy and soy products I don't consume because um, they cause infertility, uh, cancer. Uh, and anyone has un that who has undergone any form of cancer are forbidden to have soy products in their diet. Okay? Why? Because they are pseudoestrogens. Uh, they also thwart the work of the thyroid, <clears throat> which is an essential gland that um, is vital to most all of the processes in the bodies. And um, the processes in the body, sorry. <clears throat> and it also makes men develop um, female features as a result of the pseudoestrogen. Uh, the medical terminology is gynecomastia, which is just, in layman terms, man boobs. So avoid soy like the plague. Uh, wine, uh, wine consumption. Please refer to the American Heart Association's recommendations. Yes, the American Heart Association is the authority where this is concerned. And that information really does exist. I believe men are allowed more um, wine than their female counterparts. If my memory serves me correctly, I think women are only allowed maybe a swig at a sitting or per sitting. And I know people, I have been around people who have gone through bottles of wine during one sitting. <laughs> so, um, again, uh, look into this, do your research. <clears throat> I know vegan is a big craze right now or being a, becoming a vegetarian or that lifestyle, which is a good thing. And you can accomplish that um, by using or incorporating a lot more plant-based items. I use um, a lot of beans. Garbanzo beans are my staples, is my staple because it is a complete plant protein. I also use hemp seeds, shogram, which is a grain, amaranth, um, mushrooms, protein shakes, protein bars, and other protein um, alternative food, item, uh, food items. And there are many out there. Um, I usually combine a lot of mine. I might make a nice chana with the garbanzo beans, throw in some mushrooms, which is high in uh, magnesium, selenium, uh, just a lot of good stuff. Um, it also has um, a high vitamin D content. So mushrooms are really uh, superior uh, food item. <clears throat> um, what else? Yeah, so if you're going to, the big takeaway from uh, vegan or ve vegetarian lifestyle is if you're transitioning from um, um, eating or getting your protein from animal sources, um, whether it's poultry, meat, beef, fish, I mean fish, I'm sorry, that's another category. I can I pride myself as being a vegan, but I'm more so a pescatarian because I love uh what freshwater fish. I do a lot of um sea bass, um yellowtail snapper, um I do wild Alaskan salmon, wild Alaskan cod. I love all that. So it kind of you know, kind of balances things out for me in that sense, but if you're trying to transition from a animal diet to a vegan or a protein 
uh, plant-based diet, then you're going to have to substitute or find substitutions for the protein that you're not getting from that animal-based um, diet that you were on previously. That's crucial. Okay, so you're going to have to substitute. And again, you must substitute the protein, which is normally found in meat and poultry, venison, whatever meat kinds that you were existing on or subsisting from. And um, again, you can accomplish that with uh, plant the plant-based items that I mentioned. Again, the shogum, the amaranth, the mushrooms. I also incorporate quite a bit of nutritional yeast. <clears throat> um, B12 is best absorbed. Well, it comes from, believe it or not, a bacteria. <laughs> um, so I get my um, B12 source from nutritional yeast. And it has a nice nutty flavor, so it, I can top it off, you know, top off a nice, um, uh, I can top off a nice, what, like a pasta dish or, or a salad or something like that with um, uh, my nutritional yeast. And it's, trust me, it's delicious. Okay, um, the other thing that I'd like to talk about are oils. The best oil for cooking and frying are grapeseed oils. Grapeseed oil, avocado oil, coconut oils. The oils must be 100% pure, must not be mixed with any additional ingredients, okay? And they should be unrefined or cold pressed, um, including the coconut oil. It's crucial. Uh, the refined coconut oil cannot withstand high heat and I'm recommending these three oils as being the best choice for frying and cooking because these oils do not change their composition under high heat. They are known as the best oils to reach for because they have high hot or heat points. Excuse me. It's not good when, um, if you have an oil that um, has the capability of changing its composition during high heat, that means that it's going to let off, again, free radicals, and free radicals is not good. That is a byproduct of cancer cells, okay? Um, let's talk about fasting. Um, afflict the soul with uh, cyclical fasting. I didn't realize it. <clears throat> Or oh, I didn't uh, kind of connect the dots with this until recently because I myself, I fast. I find that because of the times that I eat, which is ideally between 12 and 6, 6.30, I, I eat during, well, only six hours a day. So between 6.30 at night until 12 or 2 o'clock the following day, I don't eat. So let me tell you what happens during that time. Um, the body, there's a process that the body undergoes. It's called autophagy, A-U-T-O-P-H-A-G-Y. And it's induced after 18 to 24 hours of fasting. Now, I'm not intentionally fasting, mind you. I'm just putting this out there because... I am uh, reaping the benefits of not eating <laughs> or, 
as a result of only eating maybe six hours a day as a result of um, autophagy. Now, what happens during autophagy? Um, it allows the body to reset itself. It does this automatic self-cleansing and detoxification, and it uh, helps to bring down your blood sugar. As a matter of fact, it's now being fasting is being incorporated in the treatment and management of diabetes. Isn't that amazing? So um, it's a good thing to consider. Um, what did I want to say? Yeah, during autophagy, your body undergoes, like I said, this cleaning process. It's getting rid of damaged cells and it's regenerating new ones. So it's a great thing to happen. Um, it also, um, when the body doesn't get food or there's nothing coming in, it will break down the starches and the um, carbs first, and then it will go after the fats. That's why a lot of people realize quite a bit of incidental weight loss during fasting. Okay? Um, but it helps the body also to produce... Um, growth hormone naturally you know who who doesn't want all these benefits it's just amazing there's so many different types of fasting you could do a dry fast which you don't eat or drink anything you can do a liquid fast where you do just waters water or just foods or juices that you could see through or just juices period um and then you could do a daniel fast that's more scriptural um, faith-based, you could um, look further into that. There are certain food items that they list that you could, you know, uh, take advantage of from uh, the Daniel fast. But feel free to mix it up. But autophagy is a really good thing. And again, it's induced after 18 to 24 hours of fasting. You know, a lot of times when I first started fasting, I developed these headaches. But I discovered that it was as a result of it, taking in too much carbs, they're carb headaches. Your body, you know, after a while gets so used to getting, um, you know, or th functioning on this carb over overload, which is not good. You know, so um, afflict the soul periodically with um, cyclical fasting. It's also good because um, it's giving the body a rest. It's also going to... Um, it's a good mechanism for anti-aging because remember the processes that I talked about earlier that occurs each time you eat a meal? You're causing your body to work, to break down the meal, digest the meal, absorb the, the nutrients, the oxidation and reduction processes. The body is working. It's at work to get rid of any and everything you put in it. So when the body is fasting or not eating, it's resting. It's recouping from all of that. So the idea of eating between well, consuming solid foods between a certain time frame during the day, such as myself, which is usually between 12 and 6, it's ideal because for this reason, <laughs> that I'm resting my body. It's being detoxified. It's being reset. And 
as a result of not doing as much work, it's an anti-aging mechanism or machine. You understand? So isn't that beautiful? <laughs> it's so amazing. But um, I just hope this information has blessed you. I hope um, you got something from it. I hope I wasn't all over the place in my discussion. But again, this is from my own research. It's not something that I was taught in school. Um, I encourage you to do your own research and your own exploration and just keep your learning. Um, in doing so, you'll keep um, dementia at bay. Uh, so that's all I have for you now. I hope it has blessed you. The information has blessed you and may God bless you and Godspeed. Shalom.